podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. On this day, January the 22nd, 2008, having drawn the first leg one on this day, the January the 20th, 1951. On this day, January the 14th, 1978, a jump On this day, January the 17th, 1968, Martin Chivers makes his debut for Spurs. If you're interested in the history, landmarks and great achievements of the football club we hold dear, your love on this day. And White Hart Lane erupts. Jimmy Greaves equalises on the stroke of half-time. Aaron Lennon scores a fourth. Tottenham embark on a 19-game unbeaten run. On this day, a daily mini-series dedicated exclusively to memorialise great Spurs days gone by. Exclusively available at patreon.com slash Spurs show. Patreon.com slash Spurs slash Spurs slash Spurs. The Spurs Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Good evening, good day, wherever you're around the world. Uh, welcome to uh, a very special edition of the Spurs Show. And it's live from the Albany Pub in Great Portland Street. Yay! Oh, that's not bad at all. Thank you for joining us here. Thank you for joining us at home, the car, wherever you are. Uh, you can be at these events uh, like everyone here. Just go to season.spurshow.net, get your Spurs Show season ticket, and you can come to the next one, which is uh, uh, February the 21st. And our special guest is Peter Taylor. Uh, one of my first heroes, Peter Taylor. Um, right, tonight, uh, lots to talk about. Looking back at the... Uh, pretty awful <laughs> cup exits that we've had to endure and then coming up we've got Watford tomorrow night and then Newcastle on Saturday uh, joining me firstly please welcome my co-host Mr Theo Delaney good evening secondly a man who's been on the show a couple of times doing the live events we always get you down for the live <laughs> ones which is nice uh, the chief sports writer at the Sun Martin Lipton returns hey. And finally, to my right, uh, a man who's also been on quite a lot. The last one he did was Chris Waddle, wasn't it? Chris Waddle, yeah. The Chris Waddle night, which is another of our live shows. Uh, from Haters TV, Jerry Cox. Right, um, it's, it's, what's the date? it's Tuesday. No, what's the date? It's Tuesday, isn't it? Tuesday so Tuesday, today. before we left the house, there was a, a really big sort of... Uh, sort of the Premier League sort of ones you had to do. And Pochettino spoke at length... He was asked about, obviously, obviously he's been in the papers and, you know, every website about the, you know, top four versus trophies. And he was a, it was a, he gave a seven-minute reply, a quite a passionate reply. And to me, it sounded like someone who ain't going anywhere, which was, which was nice. Uh, but gentlemen, I mean, I think rather than looking individually at the, uh, the, the Palace game and the Chelsea game, I think we can sort of feel free to talk about them at the same time because it was, you know... Uh, both very disappointing results. Uh, one performance far more disappointing than the other. Uh, but this whole debate about top four resting players, chance of winning a trophy. I mean, Martin, you know, you, you, know, you, you, you write on these games as, as a living and uh, obviously you've got to be impartial when you're writing as a Spurs fan. But where do you stand on the whole debate as, as a fan more, more than anything? It was actually quite interesting because I hated myself for thinking it, but I made Pochettino 100% right. Sadly, right. 
Because I don't want to think it's like that. I want to believe it's all about trophies, it's all about glory, it's all about winning things. But it's not. Not now, not in this age, not in the, in the, the 2019 20, you know, season that we're in, where it's all about being able to keep players and move the club forward. And sad as in, you know, I, one of the first games I went to as a six, seven-year-old was the 73 League Cup final when Ralph Coates came off the bench and scored the winner against Norwich. And for me, that was a, one of the great seminal moments of my childhood, going to Wembley, seeing Spurs winning a cup final. Mm. But it mattered then. Mm. And every player wanted to win the League Cup, not quite as much as they wanted to win the FA Cup, but it was the League Cup, the League the FA Cup and maybe a European game here or there. But they were all British players. You don't keep Christian Eriksen by winning the League Cup this year. You might keep Christian Eriksen by getting another £100 million through being in the Champions League and finishing in the top four and being able to give him £3 million of that on top of what he's getting at the moment. And that's the reality. And while no one wants that to be true. We all want to believe in the romantic dream and the idealism uh, and to think that it's about winning and cups promoted around Wembley. If if Spurs are going to move forward, if Spurs are going to be the team we want them to be, they've got to keep the best players and you keep the best players by being in the Champions League. And so he's right. And it's a harsh thing to have to say, but he made a conscious decision on Sunday to sacrifice. He didn't want to lose. He wanted to beat Palace. He wanted some of those players to prove they were good enough to beat Palace. He didn't want George, Kevin and Kudu to show why he's leaving the club, hopefully very soon, because he's not good enough. He didn't want Kyle Walker-Peters to show he's a a right-back, not a left-back. He didn't want Oliver Skip to show he's still not quite there. He didn't want Eric Dyer to show he's still not quite fit after his operation. He didn't want Lorente to show that he isn't Harry Kane, or we knew he wasn't Harry Kane, all of these things. But if you beat... If Spurs beat Watford on uh, Wednesday, if they beat Newcastle on Saturday, they are a huge step closer to being in the top four and keeping Christian Eriksen and keeping Deli Alley and keeping Harry Kane and keeping all these players, maybe even keeping Toby, Toby Alavero, who knows, for, for next season and seasons to come. A, a, a very good answer. Um, Jerry. I mean, uh, to play sort of devil's advocate slightly, why can't we have both? Why can't we be consisting the top four and also play a slightly stronger team and, and have a go. Why, why isn't that possible? If it's now a squad game, why isn't, I think, the squad good enough to challenge on more than one front? Well, first of all, I'd go, I'd go one further and uh, not to bring the mood down anymore, but we could have neither. You know, a couple of bad results and City, uh, sorry, and, and United on their run of form. Chelsea have now got a goal scorer, proven international goal scorer. You know, even Arsenal get a bit of form and suddenly we're not even in the top four. So it's not one or the other necessarily, but what it has shown, clearly, we don't have the depth of squad. Um, I think but you say that, but you take Firmino, Salah and Mane out of Liverpool and expect them to play with Shaqiri, Sturridge and A and other up front, they're not going to score. You know, I mean... You, yeah. well, I don't, I got, you know, Shaqiri and Sturridge are better than Nkudu and the Lorente we're seeing at the moment, I think. You know, I mean, there was one moment in the Chelsea game when... Lorente had a simple sort of 
ball played into feet. He just had to lay it off to the to the winger, and he, he spooned it ten feet over his head into the crowd. You know, it was like Sunday morning football. He's so his touch is so bad. You know, oh, he's... so you're not talking about <laughs> Shakiri can come in and score a couple of goals in the Premier League. Sterling um, and you know Sturridge, we know is a is a quality player. You know, he's injury prone, but Liverpool would cope better than Tottenham would cope. And I think, but, but they, you know, but you know, perhaps they would if they had just the three up front injured, mm. but. 37 serious injuries this season. It's no surprise that the one player who went to the World Cup who hasn't been injured is the one who didn't play at all, effectively, from November to May last season in Alderweireld. All those players who played every game, because they went far deeper in the World Cup than anyone would have imagined for three countries, they've all picked up those injuries. It's been a an unusually freakish collection of significant injuries to significant players. And I think you've got to take that, balance that into, into account when you look at the team we selected for that Palace game. Mm. Well, the other thing is, obviously, they're playing a hell of a lot of games. So it's very difficult to rest any players. You know, they've been coming thick and fast. I think before the Fulham game, the last time they'd had a week off was mid-November when they came back and beat Chelsea with loads of energy, loads of spirit. You know, you thought, well, Spurs are now kicked into gear. Mm. That, that four of Kane, Eriksen, Ali and, and uh, Son were all, all playing for the first time, I think, and they all com- combined. And you think, right, this is it, you know. But then, <laughs> what, 11, I think it's four games in 11 days at one stage over Christmas. You know, it's, it's been relentless. Mm. So you can't rest. Them. I think it's 16 games since the start of December, mm. which is a lot of football yeah, yeah, yeah. for anyone. The, the problem, Theo, is uh, I take those points as... But as a fan, you know, and many people in the room were, were there on Sunday. When you're giving up your time and money and it's freezing cold, you've got to go to South London and, and whatever. Yeah. You know, and you see a performance as abject as that. Yeah. And I know it's about money, but it's still about us. It's still about the fans. We're yeah, the ones that, that, that are away, away games cheering the, the, the players on. And I don't think you just dismiss that. Yeah, but a... if you're a rational fan, what would you have him do? Would you have him say, oh, yeah, but the fans have turned up, so I've got to play all the best players. And if we get a couple of injuries and drop points against Watford and Newcastle, at least I've, at least I've done right by the fans on the, on the Sunday. You can't expect him to do that. He's got to look at the bigger picture. That's his job. He's got to do the right thing for the club as a whole. He's got to pick the right... Uh, team for each game, the team that he thinks is right in the context of the whole season. And the number one priority has to be the Champions League. You get 80 times more money from being in the Champions League than you do from, being to, from winning the FA Cup. So there's no comparison whatsoever. So if you want to attract players, if you want to keep on, if you want to pay for a stadium, remember as well, and you want to be able to buy players, and you want to keep players, you better prioritise the Champions League. And so any fan who says, yeah, but I turned up, I actually went to South London, you know, on a Sunday. Uh, so I expect him to pick the best players. Is that really being a fan if you want him to do, do the club down because you went to South London on a Sunday? And I can understand the immediate knee-jerk emotional reaction because we all get upset when we lose. But if you're, a re- if you're a fan, people say you're not a real fan if you don't want to win the FA Cup. And all. No, you're a real fan if you want the club to do as well as it can do in the short, medium and long term. If you want it to be a big, we want our club to be a big player. And we've got a chance for that happening. But if you don't prioritise getting into the Champions League, you've got a big problem achieving that. But Martin, we talk about, you mentioned, you both mentioned there, 
you know, Champions League attracting player. We've been the Champions League now three seasons. We haven't attracted any players. We, 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 we you know, yeah, who, who, you we, say who that, we bought? We, they spent 40 million on, a, on the third choice centre half in, in mm. Sanchez, who's a really good player. I mean, and they also picked up for next to nothing Foyth, who was fantastic, I thought, on, yeah. on Sunday. And he is, as the season has gone on, he's looking like the player that Pochettino always thought he was going to be. And I think he's going to be a big, big player mm. going forward. His, his maturity is standing out. He knows how to, to time his tackles. They spent £25 million on Moura last, last January, who I'm still not convinced by, I've got to be honest, and I don't quite see him as being good enough. The problem you have is that when you've got a, a first eleven as good as the first eleven Tottenham have got when they're all fit, it's finding people who are going to be better than that for less than 70 million quid a pop. And there aren't that many. But other, clubs, really but other clubs do it. Daniel Sturridge sits on the bench, uh, you know, but pops up and scores a goal. You know, there are other teams that yeah, well, I, I have think... these players that can come off the bench. We don't. And, and we haven't, you know, significantly bought anyone, certainly to, to cover Harry Kane for... Well, no, Janssen was no, the last one no to try, which didn't gonna, work. Nobody is going to come and play. No top, top striker. 20 goal a season striker is going to come to Tottenham because they're not going to get a kick. Because Spurs are never going to play two out-and-out front, front men. And Harry Kane's the best centre-forward, orthodox centre-forward in the world, probably. He scores goals left foot, right foot, 20 yards, two yards, off his arse, from, you know, whatever, he can score any goal. No. So they're not going to get in the, in the team. They're not going to come and play. You've got to find players who you can fit in. Where do you get a better player than Son? Where do you get a better player than Christian Eriksen? Where do you get a better 21, 22-year-old than Deli Alley? There's, there's not many of them out there that you're going to be able to get. No, we know that Spurs were really keen last summer to do a swap with United for Martial because they saw out of Aero they felt was, was causing problems. Pochettino was willing to let him go because he had Foyth and he had Sanchez and he had still Vertonghen and he fancied Martial. And Mourinho wanted to do the deal. But Woodward, for once, made the right call at United and said no. But, I mean, Martial would be brilliant for Tottenham because he is better than what, or as good as what we've got. He would even improve the team. But there aren't many you can get who you say will definitely improve the team. You you couldn't be certain that Dembele would go off a cliff like he did, unfortunately, from the end of last season. But Dembele, as he was this time last year, was as good a midfielder as you'd ever find, you know. So he's gone... Dyer's had a few problems. I mean, Winks has still done really well, I think. Mm. It's, it's not as if we're a shambles or a mess. We're just, it's, it's bloody hard to get into that team because there are lots of really good players and there aren't that many out there for the sort of money that Spurs are capable of, of paying now on the sort of wages. I mean, Tottenham's wage bill is much more than it was, but it's still half what the wage bill is at City. It's, you know, £130 million wage bill is quite a lot, but not comparative yeah. to the teams they're playing against. Yeah. Fair enough. But, what, Jeremy, what about the, the, the squad? You know, everyone says it's the squad game. And, OK, we've had injuries. We've had unprecedented injuries, and, and, I, and I take that on board. But when you're playing a team on Sunday, Crystal Palace, who had made six or seven changes themselves with a 40-year-old in goal who flapped badly in the last game, surely we've got 11 fit players that can give them a better game th- th- than, than we did. 
Yeah, well, this is, I mean, my, the thought going through my mind watching the game was not so much, you know, Pochettino's at fault here for picking a weak inside. The, the side he put out should have been capable of getting something out of that game. Um, you were watching players just making the wrong decisions. There were times, you know, I mean, I don't know if they, they must have seen Spironi throw one in the net against <laughs> Liverpool a few weeks, a couple of weeks earlier. Totally out of, comp- you know, hasn't played for ages. They've got a change. It wasn't their first choice back mm. four. And yet they didn't get any crosses in to, to Lorente. And you sometimes think, you know, there's a lot of patience and playing it around the edge of the box. You think, just, just put it in the mixer. Put it in there. Test them out, you know. So there were, I think there was one occasion when they had a corner on the left. Trippier was lining up, the curl one in. You think, right now they're going to test him. You know, see if Lorente can win a ball in the air. And he played it short to Nkudu, who gave it away, and suddenly they're on the attack. And you think, it's just witless. It's, it's not intelligent football going on here. So, you've got, you know, the players have got to take some blame. You know, the penalty that goes wide, why, why is Trippier taking it, really? Shouldn't, shouldn't they, your centre-forward step up? Or, or, you know, a forward player should be stepping up to take that. And, you know, there's just... All right, Walker-Peters was a, was a complete aberration. Who knows what was going through his mind? But, you know, there, there were silly goals they gave away. They made mistakes all over the pitch. And you just think... You know, it's a bit of a shambles here. And it's not just about the, the weakness of the squad or what the managers set out to do. The players have to take responsibility. They just play badly. There was, no, there was no pace in the team. And one of the things that makes Spurs a really difficult team to play against when they're at full strength is the amount of pace the runners in behind. And there was no... You could look at them. I mean, Mora has some sort of pace but didn't really get in the ball in the right place. Tell me what Nkudu's thinking at any point you've done well, because I can't work it out. He's just not a football player. He's had three years there, and he's, had, he's, he's made less impression than you know, I do when I go on the beach on the sand. <laughs> um, one good, one good, one good cross, cross against Chelsea. In three you years, know, yeah. And it's, you know, there's, there's nothing there. Um, saying that, if he scores, and he's got to score oh. either of those two chances from the mm. free kick, Trippier scored the penalty. If, he, if it's 2-1 at half-time, Spurs probably win the game. Because mm, yeah. they're, they're not that brilliant. Apart, but they, what they did do was sit, sit deep and then look to hit through Zahar and Townsend on the counter. It's how they play normally anyhow. That mm. was the one thing they do all the time, utilise that pace. But uh, I couldn't really, uh, after the half, half-time, see Spurs scoring. It didn't mm. look as though they had anything in them. They dominated possession without any, any penetration whatsoever. Mm. And... It was a bit of a throwback game, wasn't it? It's that sort of Spurs we saw 10, 12 years ago. In the, not that we'd ever have 70% of the ball, but never looked like hurting someone. And what it was have, one of those games. What have you heard, Joe? Because again, stuff came out in the, in the press today that Daniel Levy is willing to, uh, to, to, to buy players. And uh, not so much this window, main, names have been mentioned, but certainly previously uh, Sigurdsson, um, a couple of other players we mentioned in the press today that said we can put an offer in. And according to reports, Pochettino was like, no, he likes playing with this sort of size squad and didn't want them in. What have you kind of heard about how he likes to sort of well, manage his I squads? mean, Pochettino, you have to remember, is, uh, he's got a particular way. He's got a particular ethos, a, a philosophy. You've got to buy into that. You know, it's very hard working. He wants young players who are sort of buy into his methods. They're, they're enthusiastic and hungry. And so you couldn't go out and necessarily... I mean, you know, Lorente's a good example. He's probably the wrong sort of player that Spurs have bought. What you want is a hungry young player who's going to come in when Kane's injured. And, you know, Martin, the point is, Harry Kane's been injured in the past three seasons. So and they've got away games. with it, though. Well, yeah, no, because no, they've had the other any three Any player fit. coming in is going to get games. Mm. And you can play him in the League Cups and the, and the FA Cups, perhaps. But... Um, 
Pochettino wants a particular sort of player. Daniel Levy wants a particular sort of player, you know, one with sell-on value to some extent, which is, you know, they've given credit. They've, they've done it right for a few years. Um, I think certainly by last Thursday, if not Sunday, both Levy and Pochettino are absolutely clear. They need something in there. And I think not just additional players in the squad. I think that the squad needs a lift. But I'm told because I think it's very unlikely anything's going to happen. Well, it's quite unlikely now because it's so late. But, it, it, you know, there's a flatness about the place now. You know, as fans, you got it that, that it's, oh, it's all going a bit wrong. You just need a lift now. And, and almost anyone, you know, like Van der Vaart did, even Edgar Davids when he came in, you know, a big player, even if he's not, even if he's a short-term appointment or he's not quite the ideal sort of profile of the player they want, just someone who's going to come in and, and the players around them will look up and go, wow, I like that. And the fans will go, you know, and I think, that's maybe what they want. But, again, who is there? Who's out there, you know? It's finding the personnel is, is, is really tough. And Sun comes back, not, not quite sure what sort of condition he's in because he, looked, he was admitting after the Asian Cup that he was shattered. But then he's got that enthusiasm. Ericsson assumedly plays on, on Wednesday. And then you've got a chance because they're going to hurt teams. They can run in behind. They, got, they can create. And it then makes the team better. I think... If someone said to any of us three months ago that we're missing Sissoko and he's not playing, we'd have laughed, wouldn't we? But actually, despite him having the, the, the touch of a... Well, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, I saying. mean, he's got no, he has no touch. He, his effort and enthusiasm has made a, 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 an important difference in, in a lot of matches and he drives the team on because of, because of that. And, you know, he's got injured as, as, as well. I think it's too easy to get doom and gloom after a couple of cup ties. If we, if we score those penalties against Chelsea and win the game, mm. we'd have had none of this introspection. Yeah. Mm. It was because we've lost two games on the spin. And I thought second half against Chelsea on Thursday, they did really well. Given the absentees, I thought they played extremely yeah. well. Yeah. And in fact, the, the real chance is when Mourma went away from Gazaniga's long clearance when he picked mm. him out. More than the um, Levente one, which was a yeah, difficult chance part, in yeah. truth. Yeah. Uh, and if, if Morris scores, Chelsea collapse. Mm. Um, and then, of course, it, then you lose the drive when Aurier kicks Sissoko up in the air and he has mm. to bring on Sanchez and we suddenly got, we're changing the shape and we're dropping, dropping deeper. But all will seem an awful lot better if there's six points by yeah. Saturday lunchtime, in truth, and then all of this gloom disappears because mm, yeah. you look at the table, particularly as Arsenal play City and then the following week Chelsea play, uh, Chelsea play City. That gap could, if, if we can win three on the, three on the bat, big if, could look a, a big gap mm. and then all the pressure comes off and, and thing, things change again. And, you know, Kane is a relatively quick healer. He could be back maybe slightly quicker than anticipated. We'll find out. We don't know about how long Delhi. It's, it's that. It's getting through the next month or so and not having too much damage. But it's, it's a tough period. But let's just look at the reality is... 51 points and the best start we've ever had to a league season still in the Champions League after an in, you know a pretty remarkable recovery yeah. from where they were yeah. another cup semi-final yeah. fourth in five seasons it's not as if we're 12th mm. no you know, let's just exactly it's just a if moment if you remember what it was like when we had Todo at central midfield <laughs> oh god I forgot about and it. Tramazani at left yeah. back and some of that absolute shit we had to watch for all those years. Yeah. Let's just 
let's just be a bit calm about yeah. it. I don't think Toda played centre back. I, I thought <laughs> he always played centre mid. <laughs> no, he played in the hole, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Toda in the hole. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I will pull you up on one thing, Martin. When you said about Sissoko's touch, which you know, admittedly, I, I used to think he was like Toblerone. You know, you, you didn't know where the ball was going to go off, and you could see players around him didn't have any confidence in him either. But one of the few benefits of being in the Chelsea press box is it's one of those old-fashioned press boxes right next to the yeah. pitch. So the famous Battle of Stamford Bridge, you see everything, you know, the other, a few years ago. But you see the action close up and you can see the pace it's being played and some of the, some of the little link-up play with Sissoko and Aurea and Ericsson. And his touch was actually superb. You I know, think he, look, was, he's, he's, he was he, against Hazard. He's found himself, hasn't yeah. he? And, and that's a measure of Pochettino's yeah. ability as a coach. Yeah. He's turned a player who we all thought was a, was a dead loss, really. Yeah. And like you say, he was big and powerful, but not a great touch. And what place did he have in the team? He now looks a really he, good quality. I mean, if you were to use a sort of a, an anthropomorphic image, Pochettino's put the blinkers on him. <laughs> He's Stop an ungainly cult, yeah. and Pochettino has put the blinkers on him, and he's focused, and yeah. he's doing the job for the team, and he's doing it. We have to say pretty well. I think he's been he is been excellent, and like you say, we, we need him back, and he is back, isn't he? He's fit. Uh, he's, he was apparently yeah. training today, yeah. so mm-hmm. I'd imagine so be another at least one on the bench, straight, or, or, straight yeah, or maybe straight in. Yeah, he you know? didn't miss. He only missed a couple of games. Mm. Didn't he? Well, let's look uh, ahead at the game tomorrow in Newcastle after this very quick break. The Spurs show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. And we're back after that very quick break. Uh, just a few bits of housekeeping before we continue. Don't forget this season we've uh, uh, again teamed up with Ladbrokes, bringing you plenty of specials. Uh, just go to bet.spurshow.net and get a free £20 bet on us when you sign up and bet a fiver. Uh, we're also doing now, if you go to patreon.com slash spurshow, some extra content, including a daily Spurs news show, uh, match reports after each game, uh, interviews with ex-players. We've done uh, recently Dom McAllister and Colin Lee, John Duncan today. We've got Ian, Walk- Ian Walker talking to us later this week. Jimmy Holmes, that's an old name. And Pat Van and Howe we've tracked down. Uh, scary. Yeah, you're scary. <laughs> yeah, thank God that one's over the phone. Um, yes, go and check that out. It's uh, really, really good. Patreon.com, Spurs Show. Give it a go for a month. Uh, right, so tomorrow night... It's, it's, it's such a big game this tomorrow, yeah. Jerry, because, you know, if we don't get maximum points, then, you know, a lot of us who are at Palace will go, you've rested this player, that player, and, and whatever. It, it's such a key game. Because, you know, Watford, well, hey, we lost them. this. That was a game was sort of, we were goal up. We were goal up, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and it just all went wrong in the yeah, second, second half, half didn't it? Troy Deeney. Just, oh, God. Um, it's a huge game. You don't, you, Watford are a strange team. You don't quite know what you're going to get with them. They're a completely unpredictable side. They rested 11 players in the cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they won. The one thing they you can guarantee is that Ben Foster will try and turn it into a 65-minute game. Yeah. 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 There's yeah. absolutely yeah. Right no doubt the, about right that. Off. Yeah. No, I mean, I've seen Watford a few times, actually. And they, they went to Arsenal and absolutely battered them and lost. Mm. And then went to Fulham and battered them and only got a draw. You know, and, and against Spurs, we were all over them for an hour. Mm. They got a break. I think Dembele gave a silly free kick away, and suddenly they were up. They hadn't, you know, they hadn't even the tried. The crowd all suddenly got. Yeah, there was and, a tackle. I remember someone went flying yeah. in it, ra- yeah. raised the crowd. Yeah, I remember. So you know, they 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 play the percentages quite well. They stay in the game, and then they they make like Wolves did at, at mm. Spurs, if you remember. So the worry would be they do something like that. You know, they just 
stick 10 men behind the ball, hope to get a couple of breaks. They've got dangerous players like Delafeu and Pereira, quick on the break, and frustrate Spurs, and then, you know... Pounce. And then pounce, and then it all, the frustration comes in and all that. So absolutely important to get an early goal, try and kill off that, that resistance, make them come out, you know. Um, I mean, I hate to sort of try and predict things because, you know, it's... Spurs. I'm superstitious, and it's Spurs. You know, what can you say? But you do think with Ericsson, Sissoko, Alderweireld, Son coming back... Son, I think it's a different team. Yeah. Very different team. And I think they'll be so fired up. Pochettino will really fire yeah. them up. And it, it'll be going out there and trying to kill them in the first 15 minutes. You know, a bit like they did at Cardiff. Just get the game won in the first half an hour. If you remember when sight. it was pretty... We were getting a little bit dodgy at the end of last season. Oh, we're going we're gonna to blow the top yeah, yeah, four... Yeah. And the last three home games in the space of about a fortnight were Watford, Newcastle and Leicester. Mm. And we didn't play particularly well in any of those games, but found a way to win. Mm. And let's just hope the history repeats itself, because if that were to happen and and they could could get back to about three wins on the bounce then it would change again. And this, this season has had a lot of those sort of ups and downs, actually. You know, we've had a great a start we probably didn't deserve with three wins. Mm. Then you lo- lose either side of that first international break to um, Watford and Liverpool and start losing a few games in Europe. And everything was doom and gloom for a while. And it's, it has been that sort of up and down season. And I think, actually, I've always taken the view in football that things are never as good or as bad as you think they are. <laughs> yeah. Like, just sometimes take... Take a step back and look. And it can change like that. And a couple of results do that. But they'll have to play well. Watford are a very, very organised, diligent, hard-working team. I mean, it may help that Delafeo appears to maybe be on his way, that uh, one of the Italian teams is in for him and, and, and are going in big. And if he's, he's distracted and wants to move, that would be, and he won't want to wreck that, that might be quite handy because I like him as a player. I think he's very mm-hmm. dangerous. Dini will be bang up for it. Of course he will. Even with a few players missing, man for man, Spurs are better. Mm. And if they play anything like they can, they win the game because they've got better players. And that's mm. why we've got this fantastic record away from home in the league this season, because we've got better players than most of the other teams, it's a, which we've, we haven't seen for quite a while at Tottenham. Actually, man for man, there aren't many teams that are better. Mm. And it's just believing in what you're doing. And, you know, Terry when he talks later, he'll, he'll know he was part of a team that believed in what it was, was, was doing because they had good players. Yeah. I watched that Man United-Arsenal game on Friday night and watching them and looking at the, the, the way they were playing and De Gea wasn't playing in goal and you think, I can't see any one of these players that walks into the Spurs team. You know, Pogba, if he's really on his game but he's still got those question marks about him. There was not one player from those two teams that you'd imagine gets into the Spurs first team when they're all fit and firing. So, you know, that's, that's where we are. We are third, you know, on, on merit. You know, that's where Tottenham are. And if you look back at the results over the last three or four years, since after Pochettino's first season, only Man City have got more points. You know, they are consistently up there. Only City have... And they only overtook them towards the end of last season. So Spurs are up there punching, you know, well above their weight in terms of the spending power, the net spend... You know, I saw a figure this week. Their net spend in the last five years is, is 29 million. And Cities, I think, is 360 million or something. United's is, is 300 plus. You know, Liverpool's 250. Chelsea's 260 or something. You know, their, their net spend is, is a fraction 
of what these other teams are spending, let alone wages. And I think else. wages is an even bigger, yeah. you know, sixth biggest wage bill <coughs> consistently, which means we should finish in the top six. But, yeah. we aren't, but we haven't finished sixth under Pochettino. We've been fifth or better yeah. every season. We've finished above Liverpool every season. Hmm. But Nine the, out of the last ten years. All of what all the, of this means, of course, is if we didn't already know it, is that Pochettino is the most important figure in the club right now because it, you, we've only been able to do that because of him. To, to spend that much less than all those other big clubs but be competing with them toe-to-toe, that's about Pochettino getting getting you know performances out of players, getting more out of them than, than we knew was in there and not having to spend money to get those. So that's the really big thing is to keep Poch on side. Think, think how you all felt at the end of that AVB Sherwood season. Yeah, exactly. And that's... Just remember that before you well, start to criticise, you know, like, God, that well, was miserable. The weird thing was at the end of the season, there was a certain amount of euphoria because we knew Sherwood had gone at least. <laughs> but uh, who, knew, who knew what was going to happen? Yeah, we didn't know about Poch. And in fact, the first six or eight weeks, Poch, we didn't know, did we? Huh. And then that, the rest is history. But he's so crucial. Yeah. You're not going to achieve that on that budget without an extremely special manager. And that's why, you know, Manchester United won him, Real Madrid would like him and and so on. And, you know, you have to say the noise is that, I mean, he's very guarded about what he says. And he'll say one thing, and like today, he was very passionate about staying and seeing the thing through. And then after the cameras were off, he went to, to uh, to do a beat with the writers... And sort of not quite undid it, but but also said, well, I don't even know if I'll be here next year. No, really you know, not. which it may be because I get the sack, or it may be because yeah. you know I, I move on. Well, but a lot of it is he's playing Levy off a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, he's, he's not. He's a shrewdy. He's not stupid. Everything I hear is that the there is an appeal for for being the manager of Manchester United. Of course, we will get that. Yeah. But he is not going to push to leave. So if Levy does a deal with Woodward and says, I can't keep you, Maurizio, I've been offered £70, £80 million, pounds. what can I do? Then he will go. Because he doesn't, he feels, but unless that happens, and knowing Daniel, that won't happen. Yeah, you can't see him doing that. There's, he's not, it's not an issue. He, in his head, he's manager of Tottenham next season. Great. That's what he wants to do. But obviously things, you know, if Real Madrid came in and played, again, Offered stupid money, he might might consider it. I don't think he would actually, but I well, I think that's a job that comes up every couple of seasons. And I think you know, I know you know United are the team that could be rivaling with the top four. But I think the fact that Solskjaer's done such an amazing job there so far. I think it was the Manchester Evening News yesterday. There was a poll with United fans, and it's changed now. Eighty-three percent want Solskjaer. Of course, but that's why we're all the massive Solskjaer fans, yeah. isn't it? Come on, Solskjaer! Yeah. Come on, mate! I have to take say, that fourth place. We'll we'll take third. I voted fifty-two times in that poll. <laughs> but uh, I mean, even before Solskjaer started getting great results and that string of results, you know, quite early on when all the talk was about Manchester United being in for for Pochettino, I was hearing from uh, a friend, someone who knows the a board member, they were quite relaxed, the Tottenham board were quite relaxed about Man United, purely on the basis that the Glazers don't want to pay 40 million plus compensation. They're still paying off Mourinho. They're still paying, paying off, off Moyes. Yeah, pay off Moyes. Yeah. So, you know, to pay another They're still 40 paying million, off Tommy Doherty. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that, that more than anything, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's modern football. It's about money in the end. Mm. And they don't want to pay a load more to bring in a manager who may only be around for another couple of years. Mm. So they were... 
the board are a bit more concerned about Real Madrid because that's the pull of that is is a different level. So, you know, and obviously since, as you say, since Solskjaer's done such a great job and he's a fan's favourite, he'd it, it, have to really cock up now. Still could, not though. to be. Mm. Yeah, but, you know. Yeah, but, I mean, it, it's interesting there, isn't it? Because... All the dominoes seem to be in, in place for them. You know, suddenly Neymar gets injured. And I think if he takes them to the semi-finals of the Champions League, gets close to, if not taking fourth, and has a run in the FA yeah, Cup, the it's impossible yeah. for them not... Absolutely. Because the fans wouldn't accept it yeah. any other way, yeah. which is great news for Tottenham. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that's what, you know... Anything that, that takes the heat off of yeah. Pochettino it, and the going there is a for perfect the storm because it also probably means Chelsea and Arsenal miss out in the Champions League again, which obviously that would be devastating. Us, days, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely, I love it. Come on, United. <laughs> and then uh, uh, just moving on Saturday, it's a lunch, it's a lunchtime, twelve thirty kickoff. Newcastle, you mentioned last season. I remember, I think we won one yeah, nil. It was it was a tough game. Yeah, they they, they, they you know. The thing is, they're worse than they were then. Yeah. And Benitez wants out. He doesn't know when he wants out, but he wants out. He wants to lay all the blame on Ashley, which, to be fair, is not unreasonable. <laughs> he's terrible. And the, but he's also given too many of those players an excuse already. He's told them that staying up is a, is a miracle, really? which gives them the get-out clause. So, I mean, right. oh, we get better. It's not our fault. It's been a miracle to stay up. Yeah. So, I, as you watch them play, they could get... Hopefully, get you know they're playing City on t- tonight. By the time yeah. we leave it, they could have been sploshed quite heavily. They are not a great side. So if you get at them from early doors, you can mm. probably beat them. Need to, in truth, need to play well you and win. The, you need these six points, yeah. definitely. Ooh. And then, and like you say, everything, the whole mood changes. Poch is completely vindicated as well for what he did on Sunday because he's got the six points. And like you say, it could even stretch the gap, which is so important. Mm. And everyone's mood changes, and we're thinking. Let's see, let's see what we can do against Dortmund. No, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that on future shows. So, Martin, yeah. uh, quick prediction then for the Watford and Newcastle. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> this eight, is recorded. Innate, play pes- back innate pessimism, <laughs> obviously, is the order of the day. I would gleefully take two undeserved 1-0 wins. <laughs> I have no shame in admitting it. I mean, but I think they'll both be... I, I think Watford will be a harder game. Mm. I think we should be able to to beat Newcastle because they're not very good I can see it being a one-all draw on Wednesday night yeah. um, and then a 2-0 win on, on Saturday Jerry, how did you see them coming well I, I predicted uh, when I was writing for the Telegraph they used to want a prediction on a Friday or right. Saturday morning ahead of the game and early last season Spurs-Burnley I predicted 1-1 and I got pelters from uh, a couple of Spurs bloggers, you know, and it was 1-1. And we were lucky to get one, I think. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> um, I'm, I hate predictions because, as I said, superstition and it's Spurs. <laughs> I just hope we get four points at least out of the two games, you know. And what I will predict is absolutely cast-iron guarantee is when we come to play Leicester, Claude Puel will not be the manager because we always play against the either the new manager yeah. coming in or the interim <laughs> manager. It's happened already twice, I think, this new season. New manager bounce. And with him yeah. being on the rocks, I'd say he's definitely not going to be there when Spurs play. Yeah. Theo, what, what do you think? 2-0, 3-0. Oh, oh good like stuff. Yeah. Very good. I mean, this, this seven-point cushion we were at the moment, I know there's, there's games today, yeah. That's going to be really key with the games we've got coming up this season. We've still got to go to Anfield, Man City, Chelsea. Yeah. Arsenal come to us. Yeah, that's of why March. we have to get these points. This seven-point cushion to, to keep that there. 
I think it's, it's going to be key. It's why it's, the next three games are, are so big for the season mm. in terms of, key, of getting things back on, on track, theoretically pushing forward and potentially if, given the games that City have got and let's hope City win both of them because we all rather have, I'm sure I have City win the league than Liverpool anyhow. Um, if they can win those two against Arsenal and Chelsea, that will help us in mm. hugely mm. in terms of, it gives it, because then you've suddenly got a bit more wriggle room for dropping points later on. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, we will, well, by the time most people at home listen to this, uh, probably know the what result. Uh, wonderful show. Thank you so much. Show your appreciation to Martin Lipton, <laughs> Jerry Cox, Theo Delaney. The listeners at home will be back at the end of the week with a very special show with a Tottenham Hotspur legend, Mr. Terry Naylor. Until then, come on, you Spurs. On this day, January the 22nd, 2008, having drawn the first leg one on all day, the Emirates, January Tottenham the 20th, won the On this day, January the 14th, 1978, a jump On this day, January the 17th, 1968, Martin Chivers makes his debut for Spurs. If you're interested in the history, landmarks and great achievements of the football club we hold dear, your love on this day. And White Hart Lane erupts. Jimmy Greaves equalises on the stroke of half-time. Aaron Lennon scores a fourth. Tottenham embark on a 19-game unbeaten run. On this day, a daily mini-series dedicated exclusively to memorialise great Spurs days gone by. Exclusively available at patreon.com slash Spurs show. Patreon.com slash Spurs slash Spurs slash Spurs. The Spurs Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network.